Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. If you hadn't recognized it yet, living bodies go through change. Maybe you're living that right now and discovering that your body does not stay the same forever. Well, I want to remind you today that a local New Testament church is just that. It's a body. Uh, That's what the Lord Jesus Christ taught us, that he is the head, we are members, uh, we're connected. The church is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, which makes it a living, breathing organism. There's a huge difference between an organism and an organization. Uh, An organization may look great, but an organism, now that's totally different. It has life in it. In fact, you can't really organize an organism. The only way to do that is to dissect it, and that kills it. So when we try to simply organize the work of God and think that's enough, we've missed the whole point. No, we must have the very life breath of the Holy Spirit of God to accomplish his work because the church is not an organization. It's not run like every other organization. It is an organism. And as an organism, it goes through seasons of change. There are transitions there is loss. Uh, there are times where things have to, to be corrected. There are all kinds of things in a body that has to be worked on all the time. Now, I'm laying that groundwork because I want to take you in Acts chapter 20 to some of the last counsel the Apostle Paul gave to a local church. It was the church of Ephesus. He's speaking specifically to their elders, uh, to the, the pastors of the the work of the Lord there in that region in Ephesus. And it's fascinating because the counsel he gives to that church is really wisdom for every local church, especially a local church that is going through a season of change. Perhaps uh, right now you are going through some season of change personally or with your family. Uh, Maybe your your local assembly is in a season of transition. Uh, Don't be shocked by that. That's normal. That's natural. Bodies change. Uh, But what's the counsel that God gives to a local assembly when they're going through these seasons? Well, let's pick up in verse number 28. He says this, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. All right, here's the first word to a church going through some some transition, some season of change. The first is this, remember, it's not your church, it's God's church. This is so important because we love to say that's my church, that's our church, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We're grateful for our church. We're happy to be associated with the local assembly. At least I hope you're happy about the local church God has connected you to. But always remember that the church does not belong to the pastor or to the people. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is his because he's the founder. It is his because he bought and paid for it with his own blood. It is his because he is the Lord of all. In fact, 
In Acts 20.28, did you see all three members of the Godhead? Uh, You have the Father because it is called the Church of God. You have the Son because it says he purchased this church with his own blood. Well, who shed his blood? The Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you have the Holy Spirit because he says to the pastors there, the Holy Ghost is the one who made you overseers. Uh, May I just tell you, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is intimately concerned with what goes on in every local New Testament church. And God himself is at work there because it is his church. Sometimes church members move. Sometimes churches go through seasons of change. Under shepherds sometimes are called elsewhere. Sometimes the pastor dies and is taken to be with the Lord. But remember this, the under shepherd may change, but the good shepherd doesn't. People may leave, but the church goes on. The church belongs to God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So if there's going to be real power, it better not be our church. It better be the Lord's church. First, remember it is God's church. Secondly, we should be grateful for true shepherds. If a church is going through a season of change and looking for a shepherd, this is what they should seek. This is what they should pray for. Someone who is not just a good speaker, but a true shepherd. There's a world of difference between preachers and pastors. When a a pastor comes into a church, it's not the passing of a baton. It's the passing of a shepherd's staff. Listen again to verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. So you're looking for someone who will lead the church and who will feed the church. You're looking for one who will live the truth and then pass it on to others, who will give oversight, who will warn with tears. We'll come to that in verse number 31. What is this? This is a true shepherd. I'm an evangelist, and as an evangelist, uh, it's not my, my role to pastor a local New Testament church. I'm a member of a local church. I'm sent out of a local church. I'm accountable to a local church. But my ministry that is given to us by God is to come alongside pastors and encourage them in the work God has given them to do, uh, to come alongside many local churches and say, let's, let's go on for the Lord. Let me encourage you to go on for the Lord. And let me just testify, I praise God for faithful shepherds. I think of all the pastors who've invested in me and all the faithful shepherds I get to be with week after week. Lots of preachers may come through town, but praise the Lord for the shepherds that stay with the flock. You see, in this passage, he basically refers to the church as a family because he uses family terms like brethren, and he refers to it as a flock. Uh, So we are sheep, and what do sheep need? Sheep need a shepherd. Pray for your pastor. Hold him up before the Lord. Encourage him. I I promise you, if the elders of Ephesus needed help, the elders where you are need help too. So a word to the church. First of all, remember it's God's church. Secondly, praise God for true shepherds. And then let me give you one more. Watch for the wolves. Because immediately after introducing this idea of the flock and the shepherds, he says in verse 29, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch. 
Watch for what? Watch for the wolves. Jesus spoke of the wolves in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 10. In fact, he talked about the wolves coming in sheep's clothing. They're deceivers, and they are devourers. Uh, Paul identifies here wolves from without. That's people trying to get in from outside the church to destroy the flock. And then he warns even of wolves within. Uh, In times of transition, in times of trial and difficulty, and churches go through them, the flock has to stay together. Stay together and watch for the wolves. The enemy always targets the sheep that wanders off by itself. In fact, may I just say, if you're a spiritual church member, spiritual members want to help the shepherd. My pastor used to say, everybody either pastors a church or helps someone pastor pastor a church. Well, if the pastor is a shepherd, let me tell you what spiritual members are. They're, they're sheepdogs. They're helping to keep the flock together, to encourage one another, and to watch out for the wolves. May the Lord use you to make your church all that he wants it to be, and may God bless your church to be the body of Christ in your community, bringing glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.